0: You're listening to Paws, Claws, Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures great and small and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by vet staff. New Zealand's only 100% owned and operated a recruitment agency dedicated to the veterinary sector. Welcome to episode 91. I'm your show host, Julie South. Lately at Vetstaff, we've been working with vets and nurses who are moving into leadership and management roles. So I thought it timely to look at leadership and management, which are two completely different skill sets. What makes a great leader? Are people born natural leaders or can leadership be developed and taught? What's the difference between a leader and a manager? And did you realize that when you or someone on your team is a great leader or not, it affects your clinic's ability to attract and recruit great vets and nurses? More on that at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. Some people are leaders and managers in their private lives, but not in their professional ones. For example, they might do volunteer work. Sometimes it has nothing whatsoever to do with animals or veterinary medicine. So let's have a look at the difference between leadership and management. There are three basic differences between leadership and management being a leader and being a manager. The first is around process versus vision. Leadership is all about having a vision to guide and bring about change. Management or managers, on the other hand, are all about achieving organizational goals through process. So it's vision, bringing about change or process. For example, a clinic's HR or practice manager will be primarily concerned with making sure the systems and procedures for, say, recruitment and annual reviews are in place and working. Leaders, on the other hand, are more ideas-based and looking for opportunities which can be capitalised on. Managers work with other people to make sure the goals of your vet clinic are articulated and executed. The goals of a manager wants to make sure that happen are developed by leaders. So managers do the implementation of leaders. Leaders drive and bring about change. So that was all about process versus vision. The second difference is around organizing versus aligning. In his book, On Becoming a Leader, Warren Bennis presents a list of key differences between managers and leaders, including the manager administers, the leader innovates, the manager maintains, where the leader develops. And the manager focuses on systems and structure. The leader focuses on people. Managers pursue goals through coordinated actions and tactical processes or tasks and activities that unfold over stages to reach a certain outcome. For example, they may implement a decision-making process when leading a critical meeting or when devising a plan for communicating organisational change. Managers are into the what and the how stuff gets done. Leaders, on the other hand, are less focused on how or what is required to organise people to get stuff done, and more on finding ways to align and influence them. Knowing your personal leadership style comes about through self-reflection and the vulnerability of asking for honest feedback because you don't know what you don't know and you can't change something if you don't know about it. Leaders who lead through empowering and inspiring others are sadly rare. The third difference is position Versus quality. The title manager often denotes a specific role within a clinic's hierarchy, while referring to someone as a leader has a more fluid meaning. Manager is a title, it's a role and a set of responsibilities. Just because you have the word manager in your job title doesn't make you a leader. Or does not make someone else a leader? Actually, it doesn't even make them an effective manager. The best managers are leaders, but the two aren't synonymous. Leadership is the result of action. If you know someone who acts in a way that inspires, encourages or engages others, then you'll know a true leader. A leader doesn't need the title or position to be a leader. Leadership is a quality that needs to be developed. And leaders, great leaders have highly developed EQ, emotional intelligence. Now, here are five qualities of great and or effective leaders. The leadership and attributes and qualities that effective leaders have in their personal and professional lives. These are men and women who inspire others to take action and set a course for future success. They're the ones at the front where everybody is willingly following. The first attribute is they are self-aware and prioritize personal development. Effective leaders focus on developing their own emotional intelligence, their own EQ. Leaders who work to refine their EQ are more adaptive, resilient, and accepting of feedback from others. They're the people that you, you believe and you know and you trust that you can give some want to have one of those difficult conversations with about their performance or behavior, and they will accept it and listen to it. They won't get all defensive because their EQ is is very well developed. They're also effective listeners and are open to change, and they're open to personal change, their own change as well. They have a growth mindset. Now, here's how you can develop and improve This personality trait or quality. You need to set and prioritize goals and then take responsibility for accomplishing them or not. Someone who's self-aware with strong EQ will also take responsibility for falling short of their stated goals, in other words for failing, or making mistakes along the way. They... you when you've had to make changes, you will focus on the big picture. When you were studying, you focused on the big picture of being a vet or a nurse. You probably didn't get sucked into distractions or bogged down by small tactical details. So if you want to be a great leader, Practice those big picture objectives, those big picture skills that you had when you were back at varsity or or polytech, because they are what you need to effectively manage, be managing your time and your attention. That's where to focus. You also need to set boundaries between your personal and professional lives. If you're the owner of a clinic, a head vet or nurse, remember that everyone else will follow your lead. If you want to develop leaders, you need to demonstrate what leadership is and what standards you will accept. If your team sees you, for example, skipping breaks, you're inadvertently demonstrating that's the behavior you want to see in your clinic. That's not leadership, that's martyrdom. Make sure that you're aware of your strengths, your weaknesses, and any potential sources of bias that may impact your thinking and decision-making. We all have personal biases. It's to be as aware of those as we can. And how do you do that? Well, conduct self-assessments and self-feedback from your team. Where do you need to grow? Set yourself improvement goals with measurable targets and areas where you know that you have room to grow. Accept that life and people are not perfect. I know, it's a bummer. Sometimes things don't just don't go according to your plan. Accept that things can and will go wrong. It is a fact of life. Having this cognizance, this mindset of anticipation will help you respond in a thoughtful way that doesn't make a difficult situation even worse. It means you can respond and not react. Great leaders focus on developing others. This leadership quality builds on the principles of the situational leadership theory. And this is where leaders consider the readiness level of the team members they serve and the uniqueness of every situation. This is a theory that dates back to the 1960s. It's still relevant today. Great leaders know how to delegate, coach and mentor. Now, here's a way you can do that. Recruiting for diversity. I know this is trite. I know this is current. I know this is the buzzword of everything right now. But and recruiting for diversity is one of the hardest things to do because it's easier to be around people who are more like us than different to us because sometimes it's hard working with people who are different to us. But great leaders look for, look for the gaps of strengths in their teams and then they re- recruit to fill that gap. Now, this is something completely different to recruiting to fill the clone of the person who's just left. So what you want to do is fill the skills gap, not the person gap. Of course, with diversity can come some scepticism. So great leaders give their team members both the tools and the space to build trust among each other. As a coach, show empathy as well as strength. Effective leaders know how to be assertive and kind. Sounds a bit like an oxymoron or a paradox. Effective leaders know how to be assertive and kind at the same time. It can be done. Sometimes delegating can take longer and be more painful than doing the task yourself. You might have thought I could do this so much faster if I could do it myself. But if you never delegate, then not only will you never be a great leader, neither will you give your team the opportunity to develop their capabilities. Accomplishing difficult tasks helps a team build confidence and continue its path to growth. So what if your team doesn't do it the way you would have? Maybe, just maybe, they might find a better way of doing something. Imagine that. Or maybe, just maybe, they've discovered a way of how not to do something. In other words, it didn't work out for them and they have to revisit. Either way, by delegating, you've empowered them to grow and develop. So this is where I know I need to do it. We need to get over ourselves. We need to delegate because, yes, sometimes it is faster to do something ourselves, but then how good is that for the team? It's not. Great leaders also make genuine connections with people outside their clinic and the veterinary sector. Fancy that they've got friends who aren't vets and nurses. Actively seek out people who make your team stronger. Even if their expertise doesn't perfectly match the needs you have at the moment. Make training a priority within your clinic. I've heard, but what if I train them and they leave? But what if you don't and they stay? At the same time, balance training with a culture that allows everyone to thrive. I'm paraphrasing Richard Branson here, who said, this is my, my paraphrase on his, train people well enough so they can leave, but treat them well enough so they want to stay. Number three, great leaders encourage strategic thinking, innovation and action. Leaders are required to look forward, to think about where their clinic is going You can't be a leader without appreciating that your team is depending on you to look into the future, to crystal ball gaze. Great leaders are always considering at the same time, though, internal clinical factors such as staffing needs, as well as external factors like pandemics or border closures or borders opening or other compliance that, is put on us. The new requirement, for example, to be an accredited employer and technology advancements. A big one now, for example, if you're a mixed or a large animal clinic, is what's happening with cow wearables. So all of these things need to be factored in when making strategic business decisions. Things you can do to help around your leadership leadership style with those factors are maintain a flexible mindset and be willing to give new ideas a go. Again, this is where having a growth mindset comes to the fore. And this is especially true for clin- clinicians who want to open your own clinic. Startups have goals that are frequently changing, and having rigid plans may be hard to follow, even stupid, perhaps, to continuing on down a path that's no longer appropriate. If you want to be a great leader, then taking a genuine interest in your clinic and the veterinary sector is important. Enthusiasm creates more enthusiasm. Enthusiasm, funny this, is both infectious and contagious. The opposite of enthusiasm, in case you didn't know, is apathy. Now, whose team would you rather be on? Someone who's enthusiastic and passionate about veterinary or someone who doesn't give a proverbial hoot? I know where I would rather be. The only constant is change. Focusing on the future will involve change. Always do your best to maintain a positive mental attitude. That doesn't mean to say you can't be real though. Encourage creativity and innovation in your team through brainstorming exercises. Ask questions that get people thinking differently. For example, a question like, what else could this be? Or how else could we achieve this? Are great questions to ask to get people thinking laterally. Set a practical vision and suitable targets for your team and or your clinic. Remember Smarter Goals. I talked about these back in episode 61. I'll include the link to that show on this show at fm, which today is episode 91. Remember, SMARTER stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, timely, exciting, and rewarding. Make informed decisions. Leaders often have to make risky decisions. If you're working in an ER or a referral hospital, making life-threatening decisions might just be another day in the office for you. However, one will get you 10 that you're able to back up any of those decisions that you've made. You know, you've got you've done your research beforehand. The same decisions that you make outside of the surgical suite Business decisions. If you're making reckless decisions, it won't take long for your team to notice and lose faith and confidence in you. So make sure your decision making is always informed. Number four, great leaders are ethical and civic minded. Strong leaders consider the ethical consequences of the decisions that they make for their patients, their clients, and their team members. The move today is towards greater sustainability, as it ought to be, as it should be. It makes you wonder why we didn't why we didn't stay sustainable. Anyway, another story for that, another podcast for that. But sustainability, not just of our environment, but of our team's emotional emotions and well-being. Great leaders always do what's right. They're prepared to make the tough calls because it's the right thing to do. And tough calls and doing what's right could mean backing your team in front of other people, that you are on your surgeon's side or your vet's side or your nurse's side when the client, for example, might be on the other side. But the right thing to do is to back your team. They always do what's right. As a leader, you have a moral responsibility to use your power and authority wisely and appropriately. Honesty is always the best policy. When you're honest, you don't have to worry about something coming back to bite you. When leaders are honest with their teams, they reciprocate this trust. The teams are honest back. When clinic owners lead with integrity, their entire clinic Operates with integrity. Be open, transparent and authentic. I don't like that word authentic. I think it's hackneyed, but it's the only word right now that works. So authentic. Your team should know you always tell the truth, no matter the circumstances. A great leader will recognize the emotions of their individual team members. They'll praise those who are succeeding and encourage those who are struggling. A great leader will never berate anyone in public or private. Remember I said earlier that great leaders encourage, they lift people up. Flip side, take responsibility for your mistakes. As a leader, this will set the scene that this is what you expect from everyone. If you screwed up, own up. Fess up. There was a famous TV ad back in the 70s or the 80s, it might only have played in Wellington, with a guy called Alan Martin, a whitewear shop owner in Wellington. He always fronted his TV ads back when it wasn't the thing to do and always finished every ad with, it's the putting right that counts. So always take, and that's become a statement now, it's the putting right that counts. So always take the next step and make things right, even if it will hurt your clinic's bottom line. The Vet Council of New Zealand has said often that when it's involved in disputes, many of these could have been avoided if better communication had taken place in the first place. In the long run, the benefits of protecting your clinic's integrity and reputation will outweigh any short-term costs that you might incur. The last one, great number five, great leaders practice effective cross-cultural communication. Respected leaders are able to clearly communicate with individuals out the front and out the back, sales reps, clients and anyone involved in the success or the downfall of their clinic. Cross-cultural doesn't just mean from where the country of somebody's origin. According to Burl, Burl is a New Zealand company specialising in economic insights and predictions. New projections are out that by 2043, that's just 20 years away, which may sound a lot, but if you can remember what you did and where you were when we sounded in the new millennium, then you'll appreciate that it'll be upon us before we know it. By the year 2043, just over a quarter of New Zealand's 6 million projected population will be Asian, 21% Maori and 11% Pacifica. Bill predicts that by 2023 that's just next year New Zealand's Asian population will be the second largest ethnic group in New Zealand which is currently Maori so Asians will overtake Maori's in New Zealand By population. Now, admittedly, that this was a projection that was done pre pandemic, and we all know how much that's changed what we thought was going to happen. But regardless, great leaders are adept in learning and knowing how to be effective communicators across cultural divides. Cultural divides, as I said, aren't just race, they include age, gender, gender fluidity and interprofessional divides. Great leaders treat everyone with respect, regardless of who they are, what they believe, where they've come from, who they live with, or how they dress. When you have to share organisational goals or expectations, or goals relating to specific tasks or objectives, be concise in your explanation. I went on a personal development course centuries ago, and the mantra there was, I'm responsible for the result of my communication. This has always stuck with me. If anyone on my team is unaware of my expectation and then falls short of meeting them, that's on me who's at fault, not them, because I am responsible for my communication. I'm responsible for the results of my communication. So if I didn't get the result I wanted, I needed to rephrase it, say it a different way. Great leaders communicate their goals and targets frequently so that everyone in their clinic or on their team knows what you and they are working towards. Understand the nuances of communicating over the phone, via email and especially on social media. Identify your strengths and weaknesses for each mode of communication and work to improve when necessary. Without the added advantage of body language, which is so important when we communicate, Email, phone and social media can get misinterpreted. Don't we know how often that happens? So make sure you know how to communicate that way. Embrace enthusiasm, confidence, inspiration and excitement when you communicate. Optimistic leaders show that they believe their clinic is working towards a better future, that they value each team member's contribution to that goal. Depending on how culturally diverse your clinic is, you may need to adapt your communication style according to the different cultural traditions where necessary. We have this discussion often at vet staff. When cultures expect explicit specific messages while others tend to rely on context between lines. For example, casual on a team lovely, amazing woman is South African. She tends to speak with us and expect from us more direct communication. We can't be fluffy with her and we don't expect fluffy back. She gives us passion and enthusiasm, but she doesn't give us fluff. Some cultures also show emotion more readily than others. Remember that listening is just as critical to communicating as talking. Take the time to hear what others are saying and make notes of what they're not saying. What they're not saying is sometimes more important than what they do. Ask follow-up questions if you don't understand what someone's attempting to convey. Ready? Quick recap. Those were five of what you can do to become an effective or and or a great leader. Number one, be more self-aware, become more self-aware and prioritise your own personal development, especially around your emotional intelligence, your EQ. Focus on developing others. Always look to ways that you can give people legs up. Encourage strategic thinking, innovation, action and diversity. Look at your own blind spots, find them, know what they are and how they play out in your own life. Ensure you're ethical and civic minded. There's more to life than making a buck. Practice effective cross-cultural communication with people and online. At the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that great leadership or not can play an integral part in a clinic's recruitment successes or failures. Here at VetStaff, we are right into employer branding and helping our clinics, the clinics that we're working with, develop their employer brand in a positive way. And one of those ways is to enhance the leadership, to shout out from the rooftops, fantastic leadership. Now, if that sounds like you would like more of it, then please get in touch with us at vetstaff.co.nz. How do you know whether working with us is worthwhile for you? Firstly, check out our values. If your values are aligned to our values, then we'd love to work with you. We believe at Vet Staff, we've got two core beliefs. We believe that all people deserve to work in clinics of their dreams where they're respected and valued and can get excited about Monday mornings again, like they did when they first graduated. We also believe that vet clinics, who are great employers, deserve to have motivated and passionate and highly engaged people working on their teams who are excited about Monday mornings. So if you're into either of those values, then check us out, vetstaff.co.nz. Thank you for spending the last half an hour or so of your life with me. This is Julie South signing off, inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you that you can be. Kia kaha, kā Ka anō. God bless. Paws, Claws and Wet Noses is sponsored by VetStaff. If you've never heard of VetStaff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. VetStaff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, VetStaff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz.